Hey guys, welcome to the Driven Not Given podcast. And in this episode, we have the legend, Mr. Danny Pessi. So let's get into it. Danny, how you doing, brother? How's everything? <laughs> doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited. Uh, things yeah. have been going really well for me, man. I've been uh, been stressed. I can tell by the jacket. Thank you. You know, I just was like, I got this in Argentina. And uh, I wanted to, I, I wear it for like trainings or conferences or something. So I was like, you know what? Let's uh, let's bust it out for the podcast. So awesome. first time, got this custom made out in Argentina. They had like a bunch of leather factories down in Buenos Aires. And yeah. so I saw this in there. I'm like, hey, can you make me one of those? And they're like, sure. And so wrap wow. it up. And, yeah, so nice. pretty cool. It's got the- it's ridiculous. Uh, it, yeah, hell yeah, but it's dope. <laughs> yeah. It's got the- it's the gold Michael Jackson look going on. Yeah, you know, except for without the weird side of things, or maybe with the weird side of things. But <laughs> right, right. it's there, you know. I like nice. to I like to dress up, have a good time. So hey, so you went to the uh, what's it called the uh, the World Cup? Uh, no, I was in Argentina while they were participating in the World Cup. Ah, oh, got it. That was over in Qatar. I was in Buenos Aires for that time. And so uh, it was, dude, it was nuts, bro. Like yeah. those people, I've never seen sports fans. You get some people here that like football and basketball. Right. Like, bro, there's 10x craziness down there. Right. Absolute pandemonium. They shut down the stores. Big in Damn. the parks. They put up inflatable movie screens. And that people out there just watching it and going ham, dude. What? Screaming, <laughs> yelling, fighting. Like, yeah, luckily yeah. we won or I would have gotten my ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't like I don't like anything but basketball, but it was cool to watch the football, yeah, and what they call the soccer, whatever. And yeah. uh, dude, it was really really cool to witness cool. like somebody so passionate about it, and I can see how, you know, how uh, people really get behind their country in that, and there's a lot of patriotism behind it. And, oh, big time! You know, that's something that I missed here in the U.S. is you know these uh, the, we're not as big into that as other countries, so it's yeah. pretty cool to see. That's true. Especially not anymore, right? Lately, yeah. it seems like like that's dying down more. Yeah, dude, it's almost like if you're like a huge American, it's almost like oh, you're a racist, right? Just, like they're they're making it seem it's like crazy. a bad thing, but I don't, you know. And in my opinion, man, it's all by design, brother. But yeah, that's that's another topic for a different type of podcast. Yeah, that's man. a whole rabbit hole, yeah, bro. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm right there with you, dude. I think yep. there's some weird stuff going on. Yes, so. indeed. So, how was the food in Argentina, by the way? No, it was free. The, the sausages yeah. were amazing. Yeah. Everyone knows Chori, Choripan. Chorizo. Uh-huh. Like, all that. Just big, fat sausages, like, just right, <laughs> right in my mouth, man. And it was, like, the, the, the taste of it, like, the, the, the intricacies of how they make the meat with right, the flavors. Right, right, Nothing like it in the United States. Yeah. Steaks were good. Uh, Texas still has the best steaks in the world. I've been to every fancy country. You can imagine, bought the best meals. Texas still has the best Texas, steaks. Huh? But these sausages, something about a quality Argentinian sausage. And then wine, bro. Yeah. I never drink. I don't drink. Yeah. But I went down there, did a wine tasting. I'm like, bro, what the hell is this? It's and good. it's this Malbec uh, is a grape in Argentina. And, dude, the wine down there was amazing. So wow. got into that. It was so freaking good. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. So, you know, you travel the world now. You do yeah, a whole yeah. lot of things. And that's that's due to business, a type of business, mm-hmm. sales. But tell me your success that we see now, right? Yeah. What, are, what would you attribute that to? What are two, three things you would attribute that to? Well, um, it was the sacrifice I made at the beginning of my career to get to where I'm at now. A lot of people want to get to where I'm at without the first part. Right. Like I spent my first uh, 14 years living in hotels, uh, traveling around the country, six months of the year, six days a week, knocking doors for eight hours. Like, Literally, that's all I did. Like my how people, many years? Uh, Fourteen years hard. Wow. So basically, th- think of it like from for, from preschool, like kindergarten, all the way till two years in college. I spent that time knocking doors. Wow. And so, like at a very high level, um, tons of sacrifice. Managed teams, recruited recruited businesses or recruited uh, offices. Uh, became a regional. Became a vice president of companies. Wow. So it's like <clears throat> all from doing that over and over and over again, sacrificing parties, sacrificing a lot of stuff yep. to get there. And so basically now I'm at a point where something shifted. Well, number one, it was a solar industry yeah. where I could put in the same amount of effort and get 10 times the results yep. and not be as stressed. And then I could start living life a little more. So, nice. you know, that was, uh, that's what it was. So I really put in that time on the doors and had a phenomenal career, was always the top 1% of the industry. So, you know, it was uh, just something that I got to it and stuck to it. And so, 
So you got started at what age in door to door sales? 18. 18. Mm -hmm. right I did too. High school. Nice. Yeah. I didn't do it as long as you did, but uh, at 18, I got started. We I forgot the name of the company, but we were selling those uh, pizza coupons, buy yeah, one, yeah, get yeah. one free. Yeah. You get a free large pizza automatically. Yeah. Here in LA, we were selling the Dodger tickets, buy one, get one free, or, you know, sick. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And we made $10 a pop that we sold. So imagine, I, yeah. I was talking to you off camera. I wish it was like home security systems that I would have got introduced yep. to first. I would have made so much money, especially yeah. back then, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I remember we were doing security and you were getting 300 or 275 bucks a pop. And, uh, you know, you want to sell 100 in the summer. And basically you make, you know, 20, 30,000 in the summer and you're set. So that was uh, my goal. I went out and did it my first summer, made 18 grand. And then uh, next summer I went out, uh, made 70,000. Third summer went out, did 110. Wow. And then fourth summer made like 350. And that's when like stuff started to click and then just took off from the races from there. So it took me it took me a couple of years to figure it out. He, what's interesting is this. See, like my wife and I, we also still sell home security. Our main business is solar, but we still sell mm -hmm. home security. So to me, I found it very interesting that some of these companies, like you mentioned, they mm -hmm. only did the summer deal, yeah. which was weird because a lot of these companies that I, at least what I know in the home in the home security world, just like like uh, solar, we're mm -hmm. year round. Yeah. So, so what was the philosophy behind just go ham for three months? Yeah. And so it was uh, basically an RM job. So uh, BYU, Utah, Provo, basically had uh, a summer break from April 18th to mm -hmm. August 20th to August 30th. Right. So back in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, all these pest control companies would recruit from BYU return missionaries and get them to go do a summer program, whereas they would go out and work four months out of the year to make a year's long income. So what they did was is they set up their programs to be just like a Mormon mission. And so what they would do is, is they'd have the meetings every day, they'd go out, canvas, come back, and these guys just got off of a two-year mission, right? and then they would come back and do the same thing. So yeah. it was an easy transition for that. And so I got um, linked up with a group that ran that business model, and those are the ones that really innovated the door-to-door -door space, the Vivens. So yes. Vivint is like the godfather that started all this, Todd Peterson. And so basically uh, he revolutionized the the summer program and basically now all the big solar companies have all been lineages from Vivint and you know have been huge to pay homage to that group and so I learned directly from them for years and that's how I got good I you yes. know I, I uh, you know learned business I learned how to sell be motivated all from the RM style job. It's an RM return missionary program. Wow. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I'd be in offices just with all uh, LDS members and you know, you say one bad word, they yell at you. And so drink coffee. Yeah, drink no no coffee. There's I no drink coffee, coffee for closers there. No, dude. There's no coffee <laughs> for closers. So right, right. Yeah, it was so strict. And so wow. yeah, they uh, they turned my act around, bro. They got my life in order and you know, uh, very thankful to learn from that model. Yeah. And now I've taken it, made some adjustments and found out how to make it sustainable. And that's what I teach now. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's been sick. It's interesting. You mentioned that a uh, couple things, a couple things that come to my mind when you mentioned that I was listening to a clip of Joe Rogan and he mentioned how, you know, religious, very religious fighters, fighters mm -hmm. that are very religious, like like he he's particularly talking about some of the Muslims, right? Yeah, he was yeah, referring yeah. to some of the Muslims because you know they're also some of them are very you know. He says they're some of the scariest people in the world because they don't have all of these distractions. They're not out there chasing women, right? Yeah, yeah. Fighters are these young guys, right? In their twenties and thirties, mm -hmm. right? Early to mid thirties, and but if they're very religious, they're not doing. They're not smoking. They're not drinking. They're not partying. Not chasing girls, etc. He says, and all they got time for is to do their work, which is train. Yeah. In your case, you're talking about what do they got time for? They got time to work. And I, it makes sense that some of the best door knocking companies, yeah. sales companies came out of Utah because they send their, their, their you know, boys to missions for what, yeah. two years? Two years. Yeah. Travel so, to a different part of the world. So you imagine it. they learn a new language too in a couple yeah, of months yeah, yeah. Smart, and they send dude. them to another part of the world and mm -hmm. all they do when they go on missions what do they do six days a week so, uh, seven I think it's seven days six or seven days a week yeah. wow it's nuts dude yeah, yeah they're very very committed and they turn people around like crazy man like because yeah. if you can do a Mormon mission you can do anything in life oh, and yeah. that's 
that's like that's really really hard stuff so it's oh heck yeah so it makes sense that those guys knock it out the park because i would think that when you if you come back from a mormon mission and you go to -to door-to-door sales that's easy man selling whatever you're selling whether it's pest control alarms solar that's a lot easier than to try to convert somebody to another religion right yep 100 percent and so so yeah, they get good, man. They learn how to believe in something and they learn how to, to spread the word about it. So, yeah. you know, they're selling the priesthood. And, dude, I've been so thankful for, you know, what I've been able to learn. And from those guys, that group. And, you know, it's really put me in a path where now I'm, you know, able to teach what I've learned and make a living off of it. And I still sell here, too, though. Sure, which is sure, cool. So, sure. But it's just I think that's been really fun because that works. It changes lives. And uh, I can play a hand in that because unfortunately, there's, you know, the only way to learn that stuff is to go work for a company like that. Yes. But, you know, not everybody has the luxury of doing it. So, you know, this way you can learn from someone like me who had, you know, their whole life experience and teaching that stuff. And so I figured out what works well, what doesn't work. So that's been something I'm really proud to help people utilize. And so it's been cool. And as you say, not everybody has the luxury to have experienced that, but also not everybody has the grit to mm-hmm. go through it. Because yeah, no. that, that, that's a tough bracket. I remember when I was doing that, we used to door knock. We used to get in the office at 9 a.m. We used to do environment and practice pitching till about 11. At 11, mm-hmm. we used to go hit the field. We hit the field from 12 to 3. Took a 30-minute lunch break, 3.30 to 8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knocked and we carpooled. So it's like you got you – got, then Saturdays we did the exact same thing, but yeah. instead of finishing at 8, we finished at 6. Yeah, I see now people that come into the industry that don't come from that, and let's say they want a doorknock, but they want to go doorknock for two, three hours, yeah, bro. I'm like, well, when everyone gets home from work, that's when I want to go right. to work. You're like, nah, dog. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that that's an excuse because they're afraid of getting rejected. So let me ask you this: on that same subject, there's a lot of companies that that's a lot of guys in these companies. They don't even go five days a week, four days yeah. a week. They might go two, three or four, right? <clears throat> and these are the, the more serious ones. Mm-hmm. How many hours for those people that want a door knock, whether they're doing solar, real estate, alarms, whatever the case may be, yeah, yeah. how many hours minimum should they be on the field they want to make a full-time income and yeah. be serious and become a professional? You got you to put in at least 40 hours, man. And that's the thing. Like I, You're going to be doing uh, six hours a day minimum until you get good. On the field. On the field. Like right now, I could probably go out and talk to three or four people, close one down, but I spent my whole life doing it. And people want to get where I'm at without doing the sacrifice of that. So it's possible to go out at prime time and slam deals, but it's not scalable and it's not sustainable. Right. Unless you've done the work that, you know, I've been able to put in there and put all those hours and sacrifice, you know, and, you know, not getting married, not having a family. Like I was working, like I was knocking doors, like, you know, family reunions, parties. Sorry, I'm working. Yeah. So, you know, now that I'm a little older, I would have made some adjustments on that stuff. But understanding that you have to pay the cost to be the boss and the, that cost is, is with just hours. You cannot be a boss without putting in the sacrifice yep. to get there. You get lucky a couple times, but unfortunately, you have to, you know, pay the piper. You pay the piper, the piper always pays. And by yes. paying the piper, it's putting in the hours till you get it. You have to put in 30, 40 hours a week in addition to buying leads and networking and marketing that way. So if you can't put in 40 hours, dude, then you're not going to get scalable, sustainable results. A hundred percent. I agree with you. And the thing about the 40 hours, for example, is 40 real hours, yeah. right? Most people, they if they put in eight hours of work in a day, they really did two hours of Tops. worth of work. Yeah, right? it's exactly. not a lot. And I tell people, don't confuse productivity with activity yeah there's activity then there's being productive yeah and most people are not productive right they're not like i tell my guys how many hours are you dedicating to your solar business i'm going eight hours i said six of those hours yeah especially because it's not like you're overwhelmed with leads and follow-ups and appointments you got to be six hours at least on the field yeah belly to belly kneecap to kneecap talking to people pitching we call it i come from the mlm world Mm -hmm. we call it showing the plan yeah, yeah. Showing the plan basically means presenting, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So even if you're prospecting, that's a mini presentation. Yeah, yeah, it's 100%. how I view it and how yeah. I teach it, right? And then the mini present, enough mini presentations leads to a full presentation. Yep. And so, but you got to be showing the plan. And most people, they're just not, they're just not doing that. Yeah, no. And, and you know, one thing too, it's crazy is like the people that have money are usually working during the day. So what I would do is, is I'd find these small mom and pop shop businesses in the areas that I was working, I'd go and pop in on them 
and you, they can't go anywhere. So you can <laughs> right. go in there and sell them. Like, you know, if you want to find out, like doing business to business, there was a great way to do that. I remember setting a church up that way. Like one of my biggest accounts I ever sold was uh, this guy that ran a church and I was just walking around. I saw him. Uh, the church had like a small little like office building on the side. I just walked in and I was like, hey, man, I know you guys got this company. Uh, how, it looks like it's old. Who do I talk to? He's like, talk to the pastor. So I talked to the pastor. Pastor was t- totally cool and That's set cool. him up. So it's like, you know, if you want it, you'll do it. It's just people are so afraid of rejection. Yep. That's why they don't put in the t- hours because you do get busy doing nonsense work. Yes. It's like, oh, well, I'm organizing my files. Like, oh, I'm, I'm contacting people about leads. None of that stuff pays the bills. You have to be in contact with clients, yes. getting them that has an electric bill and getting them to switch over. Yes. I categorize in three things, A activity, B activity, and C activity. Yeah. A activity is a the prospecting, selling, and presenting. Yeah. That's A activity. Then you got the the training and stuff, right? Yeah. Which is B activity. It's important, right? You got to attend the training, the office meetings and whatnot. But those office meetings usually an hour or two, maybe. Yeah. Right. And then C activity is the stuff like getting your stuff prepared. If you got flyers or whatever the case may be, you should do that after hours. Yep. Yeah. But the bulk of your time, eighty percent of your time, should be spent in A activity. Mm-hmm. So even for my team, I created what's called an eight point system. Yeah. So like every hour on the field is a point. So you got to generate eight points daily. There you go. So every hour on the field is at. a point, right? A pres- You book a, a presentation, that's two points, right? You do a presentation, that's three points, right? And this is for part-time people is eight points. Yeah, yeah. So I say, if you focus on these eight points and you're part-time, four hours a day, because yeah. in my company, we attract a lot of people that start doing this part-time, right? Yeah, yeah. I tell them, look. You start part-time, you make money, you go full-time. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. nine to five. You work your job five to nine. You work your business, yeah. right? And so, so it, it's about. I'm all about systems, right? Yeah. Create a system that is easily duplicatable by others, right? Yeah. And so, so it's all it's all surrounded by, um, you know, productive stuff. Yeah. What are some some of the top? I don't know, two or three attributes that you would say that it takes for somebody to be a successful door to door salesperson? Well, they're not. You don't find them. They're made. Okay. And so I wasn't good, bro. I was so charming and charismatic, yeah. but the part that I missed was the work ethic. I was lazy. I was entitled, and I got pissed <laughs> when people wouldn't purchase. I'm like, bro, right. why aren't you not buying? So I learned how to um, get into that routine and learned how to grind. And what ends up happening is, is you have to push through the learning curve by getting a couple wins early so that you get that seller's high. Yeah. And then basically you have belief in yourself that you can do it. Because what happens is people push so hard and right when they're about to break through, they give up because it's always darkest before it's light. Right. And so it's like these guys give up right when they almost had a deal. And then when they get that deal, it gets some confidence and then pushes them to the next one. And then once you start looking at it as a game and getting these deals and viewing it as a competition, then you start taking off. And so that was like a big thing for me is my beginning of my career. I was dealing with the emotional side of things. And then when I started leaning into the culture of the company, the culture of the office and trying to climb up the ranking system, yeah. that's when I stopped getting nervous about what a customer said. And I started getting nervous around what my coworkers said. Right. Why is he not selling? Why is he not at the top of the yeah. office? So it's like, I didn't care what the customer said because the product in, in this company serviced the clients. So I knew I'd do a good job. Now it's how, what's my potential? Am I put on this planet to be at the bottom of this list or am I a top performer? Right. And so everywhere else in my life, I was always really good. I was always the best player on my sports teams, always not not in academic wise, but, uh, yeah. you know, I was always really good at, you know, sports. I'm like, OK, well, I'm going to look at this as a sports thing right. and uh, get after it. And so then that's when that's one of the, the switches that I made to start looking at it as a game. So if you're out door knocking, look at it as a game. You know, all these people are already paying Edison. So it's like whoever they're already paying every month, it's not like they can reject you. They're already right. a customer. Right. Because really you're getting people to spend money. If they're already spending it, then there's nothing to reject. Yeah. They just don't understand solar. That's true. And so it's like, you know, the only time, like half the time, half these customers got trees on their house. So hypothetically, just give an example. Yeah. It's like everybody wants it, but sometimes people don't qualify for it. Yes. So it's like if yes. your house roof doesn't get any sun, there's no point in getting solar. So even if you wanted it, you wouldn't qualify for it. Right. But- also, if they wanted it bad enough, people buy shit they don't use all the time. Yes. Like, I bought this jacket, didn't use it for a few months. <laughs> right, right. Like, right, bro, right. waste of money. So what? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, people, if they are so bent sold on what you're doing, they'll buy it anyway. Yep. So, Makes sense. Yeah. So you develop, you said that they don't have them, but you develop yeah, them. You so develop what are those job. things that somebody needs to develop? A couple attributes that somebody needs to develop to be successful? Get to itness, 
and stick to itness. Okay. It's the the committing beforehand. You overcome your own objections to commit to figuring out the job. Nice. And it's like, don't worry if you're going to get your ass kicked. It's part of the game. Understand, you're going to get a lot of rejection, more rejection in one day than you'll probably get in your entire life. Yeah. And so understand that's what's going to happen. You're going to want to give up. You're going to think you're not good enough for this. So when that happens, know that, oh, shoot, I already knew I was going to think I'm not good enough. Keep going. That's good. Keep going. And so manage your own expectations. Yeah, manage it before. Like it takes 28 hours of talking to a client about solar to get um, your first deal on average. Oh, wow. So it's 28 hours to lock in your first deal. I didn't know that. Of talking that's to awesome. somebody. That way, that's when you basically have it dialed in because you get over the rejection. Sometimes it's sooner, sometimes it's later, but sure. on average, it's 28 hours for you to fully understand the concept of getting your first deal. That's awesome. So if you're virtual, you need to be on Zoom calls for 28 hours. Then after you have that 28 hour law done, it's like, oh shoot, okay, here it comes. Yeah. I got it. So 28 appointments, do 28 Zooms. Right. It's gonna fail. More, 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 boom, 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 eventually you'll get it. And after that 28 hours, then you'll have a sustainable process that you can continue to do and those numbers go down. But that's the that's what it takes to get through the learning curve. That's awesome. Average. I love it. So stick to itness and get to it. Get to itness and stick to itness. Yeah. yeah. I tell people, listen, if you stick and stay, you'll get your pay. Yeah, stick and stay, make it pay, baby. That's, that's right. It. That's, that's right. And, and yeah, it's like that uh, that picture of that guy that's digging for diamonds, right? And yeah. he quits right before he can't see. It's right before, and that's yeah. the case with a lot of people, man. Yeah. And there's people with potential, and that's the thing. So I'm sure sure that you, when you were out there door knocking, you did a lot of times where you had to go to another state or another city far mm -hmm. away, right? Yeah. And I remember I ended up doing that when I was 18. We went to Northern California. I remember one time we went to Modesto. Oh, yeah. And I was like, man. And it was like dirt roads, bro, where we were at. And I was like, man, we're not going to sell nothing here. Interestingly yeah. enough, we sold more than ever. Yeah, yeah. Because those people, they were in these areas that they weren't used to getting hit up on. Them, yeah, right? rule. Yeah, really? so so guess what? Get on the sticks. They were open to us. Like, oh, wow, and sure. I didn't want to get off the field. I'm talking, we're, it's already going to be 8 o'clock. We've been knocking since 12. I didn't want to get on the field. We were there for four days. We cleaned up. Yeah, that's it. And so it's a, when you start to get outside of your comfort zone, you start to realize what you're capable of, yeah. right? And they, it, your, your environment, your proximity. So I was yeah. with a group of four people. It was four of us carpool. We went out there. We stayed with the manager at the manager's office out in, in that area. Okay. Sometimes we would go on these trips and we'd stay in hotels, yeah. right, for like a week. Yep. We're here for a week. There's nothing to do but work. Work, that's it. And that's when you start to – but I also – it helped me. I developed some of that grit in martial arts, right, yeah, yeah, in yeah. karate. I went a world title in karate. Oh, sure. And so, yeah, so to me it was like – I remember I tried for a world title. I failed. The next year I tried again. I broke my ankle. So mm. I prepared, you know, all, all my life for this. Then the third try, I won, right? But it seems like – when you fail, it's another year for you to get a crack at it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, all that time is in the beginning is miserable. Then you start to get the momentum. Yeah. Same thing with business. Yeah. And I think that business, Danny, and, and tell me if you agree, it's a lot about momentum. Yeah. Right. Build. So let's say you, I'm sure if you got a Monday and a Tuesday, you start off with knocking a couple sales out. Yeah. The rest of the week feels a lot better, right? Yeah. Hundred percent. And you know, as you're talking, it's kind of crazy because. You know, people are like, oh, I can't handle door to door. It's like too much for me. And, uh, you know, I, I don't like it. And it's like, well, the thing is, it's not what you do. It's how you do it. And how you approach this job is going to be how you approach the next opportunity when shit gets tough. Right. The reason why people don't like this is because you reject, get so much rejection day one. Right. Imagine working at a company for four months and then slowly getting a little bit of rejection here and there. And it's like, then you're like, oh, shit, well, I really can't do this. You just wasted four months. Yeah. So here you get it quick and that's why so many people don't like it whereas if you were to stick to it and and realize okay well when shit gets hard i'm going to develop a system where i don't quit and give up right that's when you can really start making a difference because then you do good at this then the next thing you do you're going to get good at it because everywhere you go you're going to have some sort of hold up that's going to prevent your business from growing and how do you deal with it oh shit give up it's too hard go to the right. next thing right. so it's like if you're watching this you don't want to go door to door you do it and then you give up it's like well what happens when you go work at a phone store and you try to get a raise and you don't have enough customers coming in? It took you four months to get the yep. same amount of customers it would take you one day to go out and knock. You wasted four months of your life. Yes. The thing is, you can't get time back. You can always get money. Right. Money's easy. Time, you cannot get that back. Yep. So that's why it's like, I'd rather get all of that rejection reduced into the shortest amount of time frame. That's good. So I can develop the skill sets and then spend the rest of my life, you know, 
get into that, get into the paper. Yes, man. I mean, I got a guy on my team, right? He's been doing, he had been doing door-to-door sales with home security for years, mm-hmm. right? He comes into solar, crushes it. Why? Because he paid the price up yeah. front and in full for so many years. Yeah. Tell people, listen, man, that dude could go out there and make 20000 bucks today. Yeah. He could go out there and sell three solar deals today. Now, granted, that'd be a really good day. He'd have to work all day. But there's a lot of times that dude, in one day, goes knocking for four or five hours, mm-hmm. comes back with two signed contracts, people yeah. he didn't know the day before. Yeah. You, you imagine making 7000 bucks, five to 7000 bucks, maybe 8000 bucks. On two deals that yeah. you didn't know, those people you didn't know before, that's a skill set that's worth developing. Yeah. My my wife, my wife is a really good door knocker. She doesn't do it anymore, but you know, when I met her, she used to sell uh uh home security door to door. And so in 2018, 2018, 2019, long story short, we lost a ton of money. For the first time, I told her, you're going you're gonna to have to go back to work. We <laughs> lost, Bro, we lost seven figures, bro. It was bad in a big passive income. It was nasty. Yeah. Worst financial situation in 15 years I've been in. Long story short, I said to her, I'm going to need you to go back to work. My specific words were to go back on the field. Yeah. Go ahead and get some She cash. worded up, bro. She says, all right. She went door knocking, bro. She hadn't door knocked in years. Yeah. She came back month one, eight grand. Oof. Home go. security, eight thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. bucks, bro. Yeah. 2018, 2019. Yeah. Right right around that time. And then I was trying to make a new business work with a partner. It didn't work out. And I knew if this doesn't work out, I'm gonna get in a deeper hole. But if it works out, we're gonna make a lot of money. It's gonna be very successful. Yeah. So I took that risk. I said, My wife's holding it down. Yeah. It didn't work out. So I mm-hmm. go back to my wife. I said, Babe, take me to the ADT office, Let's show me slam. the pitch. And I got to do something in the meantime while I launch my solar business. I was yeah, going to yeah. start my solar business. So this is now 2019. Okay. So we go and she, she, I shadow her. She mm-hmm. teaches me the pitch and along with the other office. I shadow her. She shows me a sale 30 minutes into it. Yeah. ADT sale. 30 minutes into it, shows me a sale. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm a, the kid has a little karate bag, a, a punchy bag outside, and he says he does karate. So I'm teaching him stuff while she's signing the contract. That's what yeah, I heard funny. the pitch. So like two days later on a Saturday... What, so I, I, I shadowed her all day. The next day I shadowed her half the day. And I said, I'm ready to go. So I go by myself and I don't close the deal that mm-hmm. day, right? So the next day is a Saturday morning. She was supposed to go, but we couldn't get a babysitter. I said, don't worry about it. I'll go by myself. And I guess when people are door knocking, they're kind of some areas they like, some other areas they don't like. Some areas that they feel are hit too much, they don't hit. Yeah. And this is what she told me, right? And so I, I don't know that. Yeah. And th- th- this point that I'm making goes to show that sometimes not knowing is good. Yeah. So I just drive and I said, I'm going to just find a de- any area I find into that seems like has a, I could stay at for a long time. I'll knock. So I park and I look at the street and I, I see, I say to myself, out of all of these homes, there's somebody needs what I've got and I'm going to find that person. Yeah, 100%. And I go, boom. So I go for like six hours. And I end up signing up my first ADT deal right there. Right? There you go. Boom, right? I called her. I didn't even know how to sign the contract, bro. Yeah. But I, I I told them, we got a new system. I need them to walk me through this new system, right? Yeah. Long story short, I get the deal. And eventually, I sold a bunch of home security, right? Yeah. But the point is, and she tells me, you got a deal in that area? I say, yeah. She says, you know, most people, they won't even hit that area because it's been hit so much. People yeah, think yeah. there's no deals there. Yeah, yeah. I said, I got that deal because I didn't know any better. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what I didn't know. Yeah. So my your mindset going in, if you go into that and saying that area sucks or whatever the case may be sucks, your results are going to suck probably too. Yeah, yeah. Right? So anyways, uh, that's just, uh, I know that door-to-door sales, me and my wife have door-to-door sales experience. I had never sold ADT till then. Yeah. But I knew... There's somebody out there that's bound to need what you want. Yeah. And if you get the training yeah. and you practice and you apply it and you're consistent with it, it's inevitable you're going to win. Yeah, you'll find right? it out. And what I'm hearing you say is, you know, it doesn't matter the product. You had that skill set and you applied the same techniques you learned right. from a previous job yeah. towards this. It works. And so yep. that's the thing is you have to – this job is going to help you dial in those skill sets so much faster because this marketplace is going to show you in real time what you need to do to fix your situation, whether it's your attitude, whether it's your hours or your approach. Like by getting so much rejection, it's going to literally mold you so much faster into a successful business person with the right mindset so that once you get this rejection this much fa- – this fast, such a short amount of time, the next thing that you do, you're going to be already – 
leaps and bounds ahead because you already have the mindset. Yes. And and my recommendation and what I'd always do is if I had rookies, I'd go put them in the lowest income area possible okay. to let them start because you're not going to get a lot of customers that qualify, but they're going to get a chance to get their presentation out yeah. and they're also going to get a chance to walk through an entire process and it's going to build their confidence. Up. That's good. In, in higher income areas, people you know are getting solicited more. So their, their buyer's guards are higher and mm -hmm. they have stronger techniques to tell you no, which then equate to rejection Makes hurting sense. even more. So when you go into lower income, you know, they're not worried about getting solicited because what are they going to get? Per, what are they going to buy? They right. all their money is gone every month to overhead. And so basically and their go, ego isn't as big and either. their egos are not as big. So yeah. they're cool. They're some of yeah. the nicest people in the yep. world. Yep. And you know, it's a great chance for you to practice your presentation and get, get your flow dialed in. And then once you get a couple deals, your skill set goes up, then you can start moving up the income ladder and neighborhoods. Makes sense. So that's that was my trick. So you're you're one of the best to do it in my opinion and in a lot of people's opinion. And you've also seen some incredible door-to-door -door sales specialists. So I'm curious, what 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 are your thoughts on Kenny Brooks? Uh, Kenny's amazing. And dude, there's a lot of people better than me. They're just not teaching it. And Got so it. they're not coaches. So like right. the best ever door-to-door -door salesman is Adam Chance. Like for really? sure. He's like the by far the best that's ever done any of it. He owns Alder Security. So huh. he's uh, a friend of mine. He's incredible. He's God's gift to just incredibly talented salesman. Kenny's very, very talented, um, you know, uh, but Adam for sure is by far one of the best, like the best of all time in history door to door. Wow, really? Yeah, so he was insane. So he, uh, yeah, he, he would set, like my best year was like 456. His best year was like 1200. Wow. So he just did. 1200 what? What do you say? Alarm accounts, security. Really? Yeah. That's insane, bro. Yeah, dude, he's nuts. So. And he'd go out and sell 200 in a week. So, yeah, he just a week. How? Him, Josh Sutherland, that's another guy, the owner of Titanium. Yeah. Um, him and him and Adam Shantz are, like, definitely the top guys ever to knock doors. Like, you know, uh, Adam's a little bit more polished with his sales technique, but both of them just have that relentless work ethic where just, like, yeah. I was hearing a story Josh was telling me. Uh, he was in a hotel room, and the he was going out to Blitz. It was 7 a.m., the key wasn't working. He he left the room, went to his car, and then uh, realized he left his binder in the hotel room, and the key wasn't working, and the person wasn't there. So he called the hotel. He's like, "Hey, I need to get my key open." Like, "Hey, they're going to be there an hour. Uh, they'll get you a new key then." So he kicks actually kicks down his door, grabs his binder, goes out to the area. Oh, he sold shit. like 117 in a week. So damn, yeah, it's crazy. Just you know, it's that that wow that pushingness is gets it there. So. You know, in terms of the best, those those guys are definitely way there, up there. Some people are just cut from a different cloth, bro. Yep, hundred percent. Some people, most people, are looking for a way out. Yeah, that dude's looking for a way in. Yeah, because the money's made by talking to clients, yes. not just like bullshit. Most people are looking for a reason not to go on the field. Oh man, my stuff is stuck right there. I mean, what can I do? Yeah, right? let's go get breakfast. Come right, back later. Right. How easy is that decision? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. That's a great question to ask yourself. How easy is that decision? Yeah. 100%. Like, for example, one of the things I would ask myself is in my industry, again, I come from the MLM world, and I would ask myself, the top people in that industry, right? What would so-and-so do in this position? Yeah. Right? Well, they certainly wouldn't do what I'm trying, what's crossing my mind to do. Yeah. They'd go out there and prospect. They'd show the plan. They'd make more calls, right? And so I love that story, man. Yeah. What I've found over the years, what what ends up happening, what's the hardest thing to do is not to get out of your car and knock and get your first deal of the day, This the one of the hardest things is, is after you've already sold a ton and you still have time on the clock. Right. And you're like, shit, dude, I just sold like four or five of these. Like, I'm, I could be good for the day and check yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. Or keep pushing. Oh, I got my one deal. Now I'm going to go home and celebrate early. Right. It's like, that's the part that makes the average rep to the advanced rep is this after your deal gets sold, what do you do? Yes. And after your third deal gets sold, what do you do? Fourth deal. Like my best day, I sold nine doors, like nine customers, nine alarms in one day. That was my Damn. best day. Uh, 27 alarms in a week. And so, you know, it's just like, <laughs> bro, it, there's, it after, it's so hard to keep working after you've already just crushed your self-limiting beliefs of what you're capable of doing. So that's like, not a lot of places people get to, but that's, yeah, that's even harder than, getting out and talking to strangers, like warming up. It's like Joe Frazier said a quote. He says, it, it's hard to wake up at 
four in the morning and go running when you're waking up in silk sheets. Yeah. So he says that towards fighters, right? Once yeah, they get yeah. rich, it's hard to have the same discipline, same thing yeah. once for the day. You've made great money for the day, call it a day. It reminds me of when I was knocking my wife. You know, it used to, you know, with the daylight savings, it used to get dark by five. Yeah. Around the time that her and I were doing this. So I said, look, we have to get our son because the my mother-in-law could only take care of him till five, right? Till like 530. Mm-hmm. I said, so we got to hit the field till five. So let's go hit businesses. Yeah. Let's find a solution, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we can go to residential, but let's go to businesses because we know we're going to run into more people. So yeah, we yeah. took this real busy street wit- in, in East LA, all Whittier. Yeah, 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 yeah. I sold to a bunch of businesses on Whittier, yeah. home security systems, bro. So yeah. we you go- get their shop and their house. Yes. Yeah. So we, we're going there and we're knocking and she gets uh, a deal mm-hmm. and I'm at two deals and it's three o'clock, right? And we went from, we, we said we're going to go from 10 to five. Yeah. We're going to go 10 a.m. to 5. We're going to go at breakfast. They're going to go 10 to 5. Yeah. So it's 3 o'clock. She's got a deal. I got two, right? So we already made, you know, pretty good money for the day. And she says to me, hey, um, do you want to go home? I said, no. Yeah. I said, we're, we're going to 5, which yeah. is early. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to 5. She says, I mean, we made some good money today. And we could go and, you know, tell my mom to go home. Early. I said, no, we got her till 5. Yeah. And you and I committed to each other mm-hmm. that we I said if you want to go home you could go home Yeah, but I'm going to knock till 5 because that's a promise I told myself yeah. and I don't care if I don't end up with any other deals Yeah, yeah. but I that's my identity I'm yeah, that yeah. dude that does what he said he's going to do right yeah. and so she kind of rose her eyes a little bit but she wore it up she didn't take it over and we kept knocking we didn't get no more deals that day we got some yeah. leads but no deals Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter though that's it's about you say you're going to do this. And, and most people don't commit to other people. Yeah. They'll break their commitments to other people. But even to themselves, yeah, yeah. they break their commitments to themselves even more. Yeah, that's that's what starts seeding that self-limiting beliefs is, is if you can't even follow through on commitments for yourself, that's right. going to hurt, hurt your self-esteem. And, you know, that's that's crazy because, you know, I, I tell my guys that too as well. After you get a couple deals, you know, well, you're on fire right now and you're warmed up. What about those days where you suck and you're not in it? Right. But you quit early when you were in it. So now you're at a net negative. So, you know, you got to ride the seller's high. And, uh, you know, I tell people it's like there's the sales gods and the sales gods are watching you. And if you quit early or you're not all in or you're fooling around, they're going to punish you. But if you put in the work, you make the sacrifices, you're going to get rewarded. I love so it. that's what I looked at. Every morning I woke up at the same time. Every bed I went to the same time. I had the meeting every single time. For six months straight, we had the meeting every single day at the same time. I was late one time ever. Wow. And I tell people every summer I'll always have one time I was being late. I got pulled over. So the cop made me late because I – well, I made myself late because yeah. I was speeding and being a jackass instead of <laughs> getting there 10 minutes early. So that's the thing. So, I, you know, you make that commitment. And every summer I knew I trusted myself to be on time. I went to bed, so I was in such a disciplined routine that I had the best results. And I ran one of the biggest teams in the country, sold a shiz ton of accounts. And uh, yeah, dude, had great results. So it was crazy. Tell me about the transition that you did from alarms to solar. So I started setting solar leads in 2016 with Vivint Solar mm. and Vivint Security. We tried to like have a partnership in 2016 with the two companies. I was obviously the, I was over like the LA office at the time. And uh, basically I would team up with some of the team, the solar offices and I'd go sell solar accounts and their so, or sell security accounts. The solar rep would come and sell them solar. So I started that in 2016. I had a couple of deals, not a ton. And then I was like, oh shoot, this works. Get a couple thousand bucks as passive income, cool. Mm-hmm. So I started closing a couple of those deals and then the higher ups got into a fight about overrides and they shut the whole program down. Oh, wow. I'm like, this sucks. So then the next year in 2017, I go to South Carolina for my summer program. I meet up with Jory Sullivan, who was the top guy on the East Coast for Legacy. And so then I say, hey, Jory, follow me around. And then me and him closed a bunch of deals that summer. So I was like, okay, cool, this works. Solar deals. Solar deals, yeah. So I sold security, he'd come in and close the uh, alarm. Uh, uh, I sold the security, he'd come in and close the solar. So we had a couple of deals like that. And I was like, okay, cool. And then 2019 came around. I was in a market that didn't have solar. So I was in Michigan at that time, no solar then. And then 2020 came around and then I was in uh, LA. And then I started selling probably, I started setting like probably 20 solar leads that closed. 
So yeah. I had a good amount. Nice. And then my downline did 300 installs. And so that was a fun little transition. Then 2021 came and I'm like, okay, well, the alarm thing tanked. I'm going to go all in on solar. So I went for six weeks, uh, wait, six months. I went all in on solar, uh, went out, lived in a hotel and went knocking for a few weeks straight and figured out how to sell it. And then uh, I used the same techniques that I did with alarms and yep. the solar and then got a huge uh, learning curve that you can't sell security. It's like solar, like you sell security. Right. So then I made a couple adjustments. I was getting coached by the time by my good friend, Taylor McCarthy. We were running a consulting group. Right. And uh, so I made a couple little adjustments to get the accounts to stick. And then I moved a couple things around in the presentation I'd mastered for 16 years into solar and it worked like a charm. Really, And then installs after installs, taught companies, and then basically that method has uh, been vastly uh, over, uh, implemented by multiple companies and their results have been taken off. So wow. it's kind of like the Elon Musk coming into the solar industry or Elon Musk coming into the car industry and innovating. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it was great. So had a ton of results and, you know, went really, really well. And then I started making ridiculous money on solar and bought my first house, bought my rental properties, and then just started dumping into my personal education. And then just since then, just life's taken off. And that's been incredible. Like I was making two, 300 grand a year doing security at a top level. Yeah. And then when solar came around, it's been, you know, two, three mil plus. So it's been great. Not where I want to be, but you know, it's definitely better after 15 years of just getting my ass kicked in security to have passive income so you can actually breathe and do something cool with your life. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that was, uh, that's, that's what ended up happening. I've been doing it. Now, now I don't, obviously I'm running a business now, so I don't sell as much solar as I used to. I'm not in the field as much. Um, mm -hmm. I still do two or three deals a month. Sure. So, you know, five, 10 K extra here or there. Yeah. So that helps uh, take care of, you know, my uh, uber eats bill but right right you know that's uh you know that's the thing so it's been sure it's been fun that's awesome man you mentioned that in 2021 the mm -hmm. alarm home security tanked why, 2020. Why 2020 yeah because basically what ended up happening was is all these companies were chasing each other's contracts so the lifespan of these alarm customers went from an average of eight years down to like five, four. Oh. So people were buying out these five-year contracts four years into it, sometimes three years into it. Got it. And so then the banks are like, bro, we're not getting any return on our money because these accounts are trading at such a high level. Wow. And so we don't value them as much, so we're not going to loan you as much money. And so the multiples dry, uh, dived drastically. Um, and uh, I was in a model where it wasn't a multiple model. It was a uh, RMR business. So I was getting 50% of whatever RMR that was collected from my company, from my sales and my team's downlines. And so I was up to about 700,000 a month just from what my personal teams collected. And uh, I was hoping a bank would come in there and purchase them for a multiple. But the debt on those was about a 28X. And I wanted to sell for a 50 to 60X but unfortunately, the debt on the accounts was right around what the purchase price was. Damn. So my five, ten, fifteen million dollar paycheck just disappeared. Shit. I was like, Damn, dog. No one bought them. They weren't worth anything. No one wanted the accounts. And that uh, yeah, bro it was brutal. Wow. What mm -hmm. company was that through? Uh, titanium. Got it. Yep. So Titanium Security. That was one I went to after I left Vivint. Crushed it, opened up five offices, had a bunch of guys selling, and then just, you know, the market. Are they still in business? Yeah, they're still in business. Yeah. You know, security? I mean, security. They collect the RMR, but no one wants to buy it. So it's nice, nice you know, make a mill a month on the RMR. Oh, so, so, so they're the, they, they, collect they get the. It. They collect it. And then my deal was if they sold it, I would get 50%. Got it. But they didn't say, there's no one to purchase it. Like same thing with Alder. Alder's model was the same exact way. No one purchases it. So now people are waiting for that big paycheck. Nothing ever comes because no one's going to buy it. So you're so. mentioning these companies, right? Titanium and Alder. What about yeah. companies like, let's say, ADT or Vivint? They don't work off that model. They oh. work off of a multiple model. Got it. Got so, it. Got it. Yeah. In retrospect, like the model, the safer model is the multiple. The riskier long-term play was the, the residual model. Yeah. And unfortunately, if no one buys it, then you don't make any money. And so, shit. you know, there's nothing wrong with Titanium sure. or Alder. They're both good right. companies, but it's just no banks are willing to spend 
50, 60X like they used to back in the day. Vivint got purchased in 2009, I think for a 72 multiple. Damn. And then to Blackstone on a 55 multiple in 2012. So those same customers are just getting flipped, flipped, flipped by private equity. And dude, they were cranking. And then uh, uh, Security Network sold to Brinks in 2013 for like a, a ridiculous multiple. I think it was like a 52 multiple. And then we were all like, this is going to be great. Yeah. But then banks saw that what was happening and they're like, dude, we're not paying anything. We'll give you the, what 28 multiple for what you got. That covers your debt. You don't make any money. Wow. So yeah, dude, it sucks. ADT is always going to be fine. Vivint's always like the big dogs. Vivint, ADT, Brinks. That's all the big ones that are in in the BAME anymore. So you know, if, if coming from a salesperson's perspective, right, it seems to me like it would make more sense to sell for a more recognized brand. No, customers don't care. They don't care. No, don't care. Did I sell a customer anything? They don't, they don't care. Yeah. They believe they're buying you and what you're doing. Like it's, it. it's not as big as you think. And all the companies contract out to the same group anyway. It's the yeah. only thing that the, the only thing that's actually ADT is the letters ADT. They've been bought and sold multiple times. Their monitoring centers have changed hands, um, you know, by different investors and stuff like that. The ownership is switched. So really the people that built the brand ADT don't even work there anymore. Got it. So it's just, you know, it's just like a, a, a process that they purchased. Understood. And so, yeah, I mean, it helps. I mean, now ADT uses Alarm.com. ADT used to have their own Pulse app. They yeah. switch it all into Alarm.com now, and uh. they're selling Alarm.com panels. ADT used to be vertically integrated. Now they're integrated with Alarm.com, which is a third-party um, platform that utilizes the controls from your phone, the smart home technology. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, everyone sells the same stuff now. Interesting. So, except for Vivint. Vivint is truly integrated, but ADT, Brinks, everyone sells the same stuff except for Vivint. Got it. So. Got it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, so obviously, solar. This is where the money yeah, is right supply. now. Solar. Cause, yeah, because right, right now, like the government wants solar. The government didn't want solar, so you just got to get behind something that like people like the the marketplace wants. Yeah. So security is a fight to get. People only get security when they get broken into or they move into their home. True. You know, no one's like actively looking for a security system. So unfortunately, you're talking to people that, or someone knocks on their door and talks them into it. Yeah, it's true. So, it's like. Solar, you know, they're they're continuing to raise people's prices so they get squeezed into it, and so it's like that's good. We want yes, that. Yes, because unfortunately, it's people don't. Us, yeah. yeah, people only are going to get solar when they just realize their bills keep double or tripling, and they keep going up and up and up, and then eventually they get solar to solve the problem. Right. And so, with what's really I like about it is is you know the government wants everyone to go green, the Green New Deal. Yep. Uh, Biden spent four hundred billion dollars on a law to get people to do this. So yep. we have their backing, the state's backing, like everything's backing this up, except for Gavin Newsom who passed any impeachment exactly. in California, which <laughs> blows my mind that that is even a situation. It's right. the corruption is insane. But you know the fact is is you just got to find a, a industry that is on the way up and so that's you know it was tough for me to leave alarms but solar just makes sense and it's so what comes second to solar uh door-to-door wise or just sales door in general door-to-door wise and sales in general door-to-door now i mean you still make good money in alarms uh pest control is still a big popular one it's just you sell volume and it's a volume play it's not like a one or two big commissions but yeah, and then roofs. Roofs, I'd say, is probably number two. Oh, really? Yeah, because the insurance companies pay for it. Well, we, oh, that's true. Well, so I mean, I mean, roofs. Though, I mean, shit, that goes hand in hand with solar. We yeah. recruit a ton of roof people. Yeah. So yeah, roofers need that, and so because what's happening now in the roofing industry is insurance companies aren't approving as much storm damage as they used to. Yeah. And so now you can wrap that roof that you sold them into a solar loan, and then replace their utility bill. So it's a no-brainer, but. Roofers are tough because they're so like used to getting money from insurance, mm-hmm. not the customers. So it's like there's this whole scared thing that they don't want to get it from the customers now. They'd rather try to like finagle the insurance oh, company. That's why you don't see a mass adoption of roofers because it takes a little finesse to get money from customers than it does to finesse like an insurance company. Makes sense. And I'd, I'd wish the roofers did more. Like I've taught people how to do it. I've consulted roofing companies, but that just you know they know what they they know what they know and. You know, that's, it's hard for them to innovate. Got it. It's difficult. Where do you see the solar industry going in the next two decades? I think it's still going to be here. It's just going to be different. Regulations are coming in. Sunrun's pushing hard for regulations. Biggest out of all the groups, it's not like the utility company. Sunrun is actually the ones that are pushing hardest for regulations, which is crazy. You'd think the opposite, right? Yeah. So 
you know, I, I'm in, I can't really name my sources cause I, you know, sign NDAs with a lot of people, but yeah, that's, it's crazy that that's what's going on right now. Sun runs why would pushing. they, why, why would they be doing that? Cause they want to push out the competition. And, you know, I think that because they want to be here long term, if they get a bad reputation in the space, it hurts them more because they're public. So you get a bunch of guys selling loans that screw over customers. That's going to hurt their image too. And, uh, it could hurt the longevity of it. Cause once it becomes, uh, you know, uh, an issue where you get a bad reputation, it's harder to sell it. So that's my personal opinion. And then, uh, commissions are going to start being garnet, like, uh, done. It's cause it's happening like the same thing with the mortgage agents where mortgage agents back in the day, were just ripping people off like crazy on yeah. mortgages. And so now I think that that's basically what's going to happen in the future of solar, unless we start um, getting more involved and, and regulating ourselves. So this is the, the, the golden goose. Cause you, you get guys that'll come in and just scam customers. They don't care because they, yeah. they want it. They're so freaked out. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, they're like, they have no money. So if like they can get 10 K they'll lie and cheat a customer to like get yeah. that done. There's nothing stopping it. Yeah. And it's sad. I guess companies could, 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 uh, audit the contracts more, right? They can well, do a better yeah, job. Yeah, they can, but they're so slammed. So what's happening now is is a lot of these EPCs are getting charged back from the finance companies. Yeah. So that forty thousand dollar loan that they signed, they're now charging that back to the installer, and the installer made what two three grand on it. So where's their margin to pay that back? The sales rep quit. Yeah. The sales dealer, they're not giving up their overrides. Right. So those guys are gone. EPCs are going out of business every day. Yeah. Uh -huh. Couple chargeback because he's shitty sales reps sell bad deals. Chargeback city, boom, Damn. hit. Sol. Yep, it's crazy. Yeah, even right now we're seeing some changes. Right, Mosaic mm -hmm. just announced they're not paying M ones. Mm -hmm. Right, and no M ones are going to be gone. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, from the, what I'm I, with the people in the boards that I sit on, M ones are not going to be. They're going to be a thing of the past. Really. Uh, Interesting. Stuff. So I don't see them log. Yeah, you don't think they make exceptions longer. for certain companies? Some companies they will. Yeah. Yeah. If they have a good relationship, uh, the companies that like, you know, work with multiple installers and bounce around and, mm -hmm. you know, bounce around with different financing companies, like those guys won't get a play. Right. But the ones that like have a good relationship with a bank, they will get certain um, exceptions. Got it. Got it. So <clears throat> makes sense. So. Switching gears, there's a lot of money. Well, before I get into that, I got two more questions for you. Number one is mm -hmm. net metering 3.0. Here we're we're here in California. What are your thoughts on net metering 3.0? There's some people that are that are like scared of it. I mean, I close a lot of LADWP yeah. business anyways. They're not even affected. They're not affected, right? All the utilities except for Edison in this area yeah. are not affected. But even when that comes in, I just sold a deal last week with a backup battery, right? Yeah. So what are your thoughts on NEM 3.0? It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, I think people are hyping it up to get urgency done, which I agree customers right. do need to get some stuff done. Because the sad part is, is like customers just, they don't want to deal with it. And unfortunately, if you've got the tactics to get them to do it now, like bless your heart, but it's people, unfortunately, as a society are going to have to get their bills to be a thousand bucks a month before they do anything. Yeah. And that's why the, the utility rates are going to keep going up. Yep. And, you know, the government wants them to go solar. So they're going to squeeze them out. And yeah. unfortunately, people are going to have to learn the hard way. Like people are like the, the, the sheep. Unfortunately, they're going to have to continue to get pushed to slaughter before they're like, oh, shoot, maybe we should do something. Right. And the talented sales reps can bring up the argument, hey, you know, this is going to happen. We need to do this now. But most people just aren't going to do it. And most people are procrastinators. Yeah, yeah. procrastinating. A yeah. lot of people, they know they should, yeah. but they procrastinate because yeah. most people procrastinate through life. Yeah. For those people that may not know, you keep saying that the governments want it. Why do the governments want well, it? Well, they're, they're, they're spending tax credit on it. I mean, yeah. dude, if the government didn't want it, they'd fine you for it. Right. It's like they don't want you driving 150 miles an hour in a school zone. Right. So if you go 150 in a school zone... You know, you're going to get pulled over. They're going to suspend your license. You're going to go to jail. So that's activities they don't want. Yeah. If you do stuff they do want, they reward you for sure. it with tax credits. It's also the, the, the grid, right? The grid can't hold it. And the, right? grid, and the grid can't. And the thing is, is it's just the grid's 130 years old. And all of the wood that's on there that holds up all the wires is at age 30 to 35 years. And wow. the average lifespan of those wood that hold up the poles for the wires is about 30 to 40 years. So right now that's going to all shift and that pass that cost is going to be passed on to the client. Wow. 
Wow. So customers don't know that. They don't care. They got to get back to the Kardashians. So you need to explain <laughs> this stuff. Right. Like, bro, who do you think is going to pay for it? It's called the grid hardening. Grid hardening is they're going to switch from wood into concrete or some sort of metal to hold up. They just did it behind my house. Oh, really? So it's like all of those wood poles are going to shift because what happens is in a storm, those break down and fall. Yep. They got to get someone out. Now, if it's hard, they're going to get someone like a concrete one. No, yep. that's not going to fall. So it's, it costs less than service. But there's an upfront expense yes. that's going to be passed on to the customer that's going to be spread out over you know 10 15 increase percentage increases wow like even if solar is more expensive than what they currently got in california like if you were to just max out the ppw and sell a huge deal make the most commission like and it's more expensive next year it's going to go up 15 percent edison yep. next year after that another 15 percent. i see edison raising their rates 15 20 percent for the next 10 years yes me like too easily that's so crazy, like, bro. You've got to explain that to the customer so they see it. And these people aren't dumb. They're not sheep. I just get frustrated sometimes. Yeah. It's just your job as a professional to get that point across in a way that they can eat, diagnose it. Because so many reps are so lazy. All they think they need to do is go in there and drop the price and get them to cut their bill in half. Right, right. But what they're really selling is, is a hedge against inflation. And that's why it's so important to train and learn techniques so you can properly get your point across. Because if you're here just to make easy money, when the payments aren't 50% off, and you're having to raise people's price to go solar, what What are you gonna do, go find a different job? Right. Or learn how to sell it. Yes. So that's why I do this training, is I teach people how to do that. When I was in security, I never lowered prices. I always raised them 30 to 40%. So if you use the same techniques that I, you know, that I used over there towards solar, they work. And that's why it's important to learn that stuff instead of just being lazy and just trying to get the hot trends. Yes. Exactly. It's like, okay, cool, well now I'm gonna open up a hookah shop. Right. Oh shit, hookah's done. Now we're going to vapes. All right, let's open up a vape shop. Right, right. Shit, it's cookies. Crumble. Let's open up a crumble franchise. <laughs> oh, now it's an Asahi right. bowl. Let's go open up an Asahi bowl. Like, bro, all you're doing is just bouncing trend yeah. to trend. Learn how to fucking sell. Right, right. Like, stop being lazy. Yep. Pay the price. Turn down the Netflix. Put on a training platform. Watch it. Learn it. And spend some money on it. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. It's like the trainings you got coming up uh, this weekend. As yeah, matter I said, right? this freaking weekend, Saturday, Sunday, man. I'm so so th this is going to air Monday. Okay. So that one will be gone. But what yeah, are the other, power other too, So your audience won't even make it. Yes, but, exactly. Yeah. But I've got people in other places. So and this is on, on, on the Internet. So, you know, what are some of the other events that you've got coming up? Yeah, you guys, with with education, the most powerful transformational is in person. The second is is on on video, so you don't get as much if you're not there in person. Because there's energy. There's I'm a really big believer in energy work, and when you're there in person, proximity and energy being poured into you from like a master yeah. is very very different. You ever get and do a meditation with a, a a Zen master, you can feel something different about them, and so yeah. that's why in person is very very important. Um, Zoom is second, and so basically I have an event coming up in Phoenix, Dallas, Orlando, Denver, and Salt Lake City. So if you're not in those markets, it would be a very, very good idea to make the investment to go yep. down there and do it. Because, you know, I could do a big virtual one. I might in the future. But people, I really want to teach people this. Right. You know, I make good money selling solar still and running my business. But I really do want to teach people something. And, and I know part of the process is immersion and being there in person. Yes. You know, it's one thing when you're on a training in the Zoom and then you go out of that room and your kids are crying and you got to go take care of them. But if you're at a hotel and you're around other solarpreneurs, it's like, damn, dude, like, yeah, this is possible. So something shifts in that. And I'm such a firm believer that going to these conferences help. And I priced it at 300 bucks. So it's not like that expensive. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I charge is because I want people to like value it. Because I found that if you give something out for free, no one gives a shit. True. But if it's they pay something, they'll get something out of it. So it's all part of the learning technique. Yep. And if you really are committed to learning it, I spend $2,000 on the executive ticket and get it the front room and sit with the best guys. And that way you can actually really get your value out of it because the more that you spend the more you pay attention to it yes i dropped one hundred fifty thousand dollars on coaching this last year wow how much detail and attention do you think i pay when i go to learn from those hey, guys yeah big time so yeah that's Absolutely. what i said so i'm gonna link your your, your events and your website on yeah. the description so people will see it because i'm a firm believer of I mean, again, coming from network marketing, we're all about personal development and investing yeah. in yourself. We have conventions we go to, we fly to, and we not only that, we get a bunch. I tell people in events like this, you got to own as much real estate as possible. Yeah. Every seat, every chair is a piece of real estate. Mm -hmm. So imagine somebody takes 10 of their salespeople to, to one of your trainings. Yeah, yeah. What's going to happen to their business? Yeah. Right? It isn't about that? just showing up. 
you got to raise the bar. Show up with your sales organization there. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, man. I mean, I do an event. As you know, you, you yeah, were a speaker yeah, last year. Dude, and I better be there again next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bro, we're thinking of doing July, bro. So, I'm going to talk to you after Let this. Let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's so, a great group. You got a good group. Thank of folks, you, man. So. Thank you. But, yeah, I, I, we're very blessed. Last question for you, bro. In this industry, a lot of money is made. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that most people are very smart with that money. Yeah. They don't even save a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them don't save the money for taxes, much less invest. So when somebody starts making the money, Danny, what is some advice, some tips that you could give them on? Hey, you made the money, pay your taxes and then do something smart with yep. your money. So if you're making if you're watching this and you're in solar, if you're not making at least half a million dollars a year, mm-hmm in selling solar or managing a team, that means that there's information that you don't have. Otherwise, if you had it, you'd be making that source of income. Yes. So the situation is, is if you are making that money and you're not at 500,000, take whatever you have and invest it back into your education. You gotta spend money to get more knowledge so that you can make 500 grand. Go to seminars, buy programs, spend it on coaching, do everything. Get to SolarCon, get to -to DoorToDoorCon, go to all these conferences, because then once you get 500K that you're making a year, then you can start putting into real estate where you start getting nice returns. Yes. So once you have that income, then you can start buying properties, like there's house hacking, where if you're watching this and you've got like 150,000, uh, saved up hypothetically, and you're already making the half a million a year, take that, buy a, a fourplex, you can do a yes. single person doing that. So that's a that's a really good um, method where you only have to put 3.5% down on a property and mm-hmm. own four of it and then charge the rest rent. Um, what else, you can buy into a syndicate. So basically instead of dealing with all that crap, you just give it to somebody and you get a five, 10, 15% return on your money. So there's that. And then uh, what else? Uh, yeah, but um, you know, crypto. I think crypto is at a cheap price right now. Yep. I, I know it's going to come back up, so that's a great play. Um, yeah, so those are those are my big. I'm into real estate. I'm into uh, crypto. I buy a lot of silver, so um, silver is a big thing that I got. And obviously, I buy a lot of gold. Yeah. So <laughs> things that God ain't making more of. Yeah, that's right. So and then yeah, real estate. That's what I'd say, man. Is yeah. Um, you know, partner up if you don't have a lot of cash. You can team up with three or four people and all chip in on a single property, yep. make the down payment, and then you guys are all quarter percent owners of yes. it. Because real estate right now is going to be at an all-time low. Yes. Not all-time, but it's going to be at a lower price right. than in two to three years because the market's going to adjust as America. So you know, if you buy it now, you can sell it in two to three years and you're going to get appraisal. Like I bought my my house during COVID and it was at a discounted rate. It's 10,000 square lots, like a thousand square foot home. Um, I got it for 630. Now it's worth 800. Wow. So I made $170,000 in 12, 15 months nice. in equity. So it's like, that's, awesome. that's how housing works. So just keep doing that stuff. And if you don't have the cash, spend more money on coaching. And if you don't have 300 bucks, take out a credit card and start there and put yourself, get your ass on the line yes. and start investing it. If you don't got 10K, put on a credit card, go to a weekend seminar, spend the money, and then watch what happens to your results once you're that committed to doing it. So it's like, what comes first, make the money and then spending on coaching or spend it on coaching and then make the money. Right. So many people wait for the money and then they spend on coaching. It's like, that doesn't work that way, bro. It doesn't work that way. That's a sacrifice. Part of the sacrifice. Yeah. If you're, if you're a family, let's say hypothetically, your son needed a pill to survive uh, and it was a million bucks. Would you figure out a way to pay for it? Mm -hmm. 100%. I don't know if your son or daughter, but. Or, you know, right, right. you know, I'm as an example, like yes. you figure it out. If you were that belief system that you're, you know, your loved one dependent on you, you'd figure it out. But if you're not willing to do the same thing for yourself, what does that tell your subconscious mind? Right. You're not worth it. Mm, you're a loser. You spend this money. You're not going to get it back because <laughs> you can't go and sell. Right. That's it. You're done. You're going to end it. up always working for someone else. I agree with you. For me, so. it's. Crypto, real estate, silver, and gold, right? Yeah, Things that God is not making any more of that, yeah. right? And so, yeah, but you, you got to go out there and make the money. You got to invest in yourself. That's yeah. so, so we're talking about investments. The first investment, as you're mentioning, is investing yourself, yeah, yeah. right? And then that'll help you go out there and become more valuable to attract more money to your life. Then be smart with that money that you make, right? And so, and yeah, yeah. I think so too. In solar, half a million dollars at least is what you should be making. If not, yeah. you're doing something wrong. There's something missing. Yeah, you yeah. don't get it. You gotta yeah. get new knowledge. If you had the knowledge, you'd have the money. 
Right. You don't have the knowledge. No one's going to give it to you. So go spend the money to get it. And even if they did give it to you, you're not going to pay attention to it because if you don't pay for it, you don't pay attention. Right. So you can go on YouTube and figure all of this out. And the thing is, if you're watching this, it's already there. And if you did have it that method down, you'd have already watched the YouTube and you've already gotten the money. Yeah. But you haven't. That's right. So the missing key is put some skin in the game and go spend some money. doesn't have to be with me. I don't care. But once you get good, you'll start realizing you need to spend a lot. And, you know, I have a partial service that does that. But, I mean, in general, you're going to need to spend a lot of money to get freaking better. And so that's what I'd say. You're either going to pay the cost with a coach or you're going to pay the cost in the marketplace. I love it. That's the awesome. real cost, if you're watching this, the real cost is when a customer told, tells you no and you walk away from the house and you calculate how much commission you would have made if he said yes. If you could have said two or three things to switch that to a yes and made you that 5K, the real money is made with the customers telling you no. Or the real money right. So that's, right. that's where the real expense is. How many people that told you no if you could have turned one of them around? Is it worth it? Right. Makes sense. Love yeah. it. Thank you so much, bro, for coming on the podcast. Drop some tremendous value, man, as always, man. Thank you. Thank you. So, so hey, I, I think we just committed right now to Mentor Factory 2023. I, I, I'll be there, baby. My man, good, let's good. do it. My, my oh, team's going to be happy to hear that, bro. Yeah. Thank you very and much, you're bro. you're close, bro. You're in yeah. LA, so I love yeah, it. Yes, sir. Yes, good sir. Group. One last question. I know I said last question last time, but this really is the last question. How can people connect with you, bro? How can people find you? Hey, great question. Um, DannyPessy.com. Or Danny Pessy on Instagram. Pretty Perfect. simple, pretty easy. TikTok, Twitter, everything. I don't tweet, but all those, that's where you can find it. I okay. specialize in um, solar consulting training. I've got an online virtual training platform. If you need more one-on-one -on -one help, I have a team of one-on-one -on -one coaches that can help consult you and teach you how to do the game. Um, and uh, yeah, anything that you need. My website has a lot of my services on there. So I have virtual selling assistants, slicks. Um, cards that I just coming out with. So oh, nice. I haven't announced this yet, but I actually have a new deck of cards coming out oh, good. that are all of the solar, everything you need to know to sell more solar and overcome objections. And uh, I've got a new set of slicks that basically Love help customer, help sales reps sell more solar. Awesome, bro. My man, again, thank you very yeah. much, brother. Appreciate you. All right. As always, always bring you guys value. Make sure you guys follow Danny. His information is in the description. And with that being said, I'll see you guys at the top or from the top. Take care.